in a series on generosity. Please, today, hear, hear my heart, and I pray that we can all look at Scripture. There's going to be quite a few Scripture that we're going to look at, but we would allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us and not just shut down. And uh, because we're talking about generosity, stewardship, and today, more specifically, about giving. And here's what I know. A lot of people, when it comes to this subject, especially in a church, get really either offended. They get kind of like, wait, 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 what are they doing? What are they asking? What are they saying? What do they want? And please, hear my heart. Today, I'm, I just, I really, this word, if you receive it, your life will be blessed. I'm telling you. Giving is not about what you can get. Listen, we, if you th- every, every one of us, we think about our lives. God gave us so much already. And so when we give, all we're doing is we're just re- returning to him what's already his. And so who's in here? Uh, and this is, might be an odd question, but it's your first time ever going to church. Okay, good. Everybody's been to church. Here's why I asked this. If you've ever been to church, even just once, you've probably heard a leader or a pastor or somebody come to the front and say, hey, now it's time we're going to take up tithes and offering. Am I right? We've all heard this? Okay. The truth about today's message is the enemy would want to do whatever he can to keep you from discovering the blessing of you giving. It's, it's, it's the truth. And once you, when you begin to give, I'll tell you this, it'll transform your life. I said this last week, it'll transform every area of your life. Your marriage, your family, your job, your future, career, it will affect everything. And here's what, what, what I believe. Is that I believe that if every, every person that goes to church, that believes, that calls them, themselves a father of Christ, if they, if they can receive these truths and begin to walk in them, we would see a church movement in our, in our city, state, and nation like never before. Because... In order to give, it takes humility. It takes understanding that it is not ours. Okay, so I want to preface this by saying that. But then again, I also want to be sensitive because a lot of people hate talking about money. Right? True? True or false? Let's just be real. I don't want to be up here saying stuff and you guys are like, oh, come on. Like, we're all on the same page. I'm here with you. A lot of people hate talking about money. But we have to understand the Bible teaches on giving and stewardship and money. Jesus himself talked more about money than any other subject. Did you know that? Well, now you know. (laughs) So here's what I, as as I was praying about this, and I'm asking the Lord, okay, because th- we're doing a whole series, generosity, giving, stewardship. Today, what we're going to talk about, and specifically more of tithing, 
and just to break down some walls and barriers and confusion and things, here's what I heard the Lord say. I wish my kids would stop treating giving as a tax. It's not. And you know what? The Lord, I feel like today the Holy Spirit wants to, I just want this to be a family conversation where we can talk about what the word says. But as I was praying, that's what I heard him say. Because God is not asking you to give so he can get something from you. He wants something for you. He wants something for you. When you give, there is something for you that comes. And so we're going to look at that. Um, like I mentioned earlier, if you've ever been to church, you've heard, you've heard the word ties. Let me maybe ask yourselves, when I hear this word, how does this make me feel? Does it make me cringed or do I feel excited? Okay, or maybe you don't know how to feel because you don't really know what it means to tithe. You don't even know what that means, really. And some of you, maybe you don't even believe it's really even for believers today or that it's biblical. Okay, so we're going to open up the word. And if most of you, like I said last week, maybe you don't open it up, but just look to the screen <laughs> and turn. If you do, Malachi chapter 3. This is the last book in the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. This is where we'll start. It says, for I am the Lord, I do not change. That's very important. The Lord does not change, okay? Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. I just think that's funny though, right? He's saying, I don't change. That's why I haven't killed you yet, okay? I think that's what he's saying right there, right? I was nice and I'm still nice. So you're lucky. Verse 7. Yet from the days of, our, of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Okay, now before we read verse 8, let me remind you, this is God talking, the God that does not change. This is the one who's talking. He says, you go away from my ordinances. That word ordinance means a principle of ordinary behavior. You've gone away from the principle of how my people act. This is what he's saying. Because I want you to notice this, because this next verse, a preacher or a person who, want, who you felt like wanted something, they didn't make this up, okay? Next verse. This is God speaking. Verse 8. Will a man rob God or steal from God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? Now watch again. This is God talking. In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with the curse, for you have robbed me. Even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That would be the church. That there may be food in my house. Again, that's the church. And then look what he says here. And try me. And your version might say, test me. Now in this, says the Lord of hosts. Now I want you to see, it, com it continues to say, says the Lord of hosts. So we know who's talking here. The God who cannot change is talking. He says, test me, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be enough room to receive it. 
And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. Says who? And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. We have to remember, this is the God who cannot change, and he's saying this is an ordinary principle for those who are mine. And so, he says, and this, Danny, you guys read, you're, you're listening to this and the part that says, and because you've gone away from our ordinary principles, you are under a curse now, are you, is you're kind of like, whoa, that's kind of harsh. And you're probably thinking, okay, well, Christians can't be under a curse because Christ bore the curse of the law on the cross. Amen? Amen. He did. And this is in regard to salvation. So now you're saying, okay, so, so, my, so then now if you say that, so you're saying we can live however we want and there not be consequences? So substitute the word curse for consequences. It's just crazy to think that way, right? Because if we steal, there's a consequence. A curse is a consequence. But what if you steal from God? Well, somebody, someone might say, well, yeah, but the Lord owns it all. Yes, he does, but he's given us stewardship over it. And so that's why he says, you've stolen, you've robbed me. And then he says, I have set apart the tithe for the house of God. So if you keep it, you're still in it. These are harsh words, Lord. So this word is also used in Joshua 6 and 7. Say, when they took the tithe that they were supposed to bring. And this is what he says to the nation of Israel. He says, you, Israel, you have stolen. You have stolen. And again, please hear me. I didn't make these words up. Okay? These are strong words. God says, you've stolen from me. And here's what I believe. There is an ordinary principle behavior that as God's kids we begin to walk in and we see the blessing so we talked about last week giving is all about the heart it is it's about the heart we understand this we see in scripture so many Jesus he he references the heart because where your treasure is there your heart will be and so this is, this is the, the first thing, bottom line, it's about the heart. In order for people, we talked about this last week, to be, to be generous, in order for us to be people who are generous, we have to deal with the selfishness in our hearts. Okay, let me remind you, giving is the only drain plug for greed. As you give, this greed, this natural thing that's in us begins to go away. And so 2 Corinthians 9-7, let me show you why it's about the heart. 2 Corinthians 9-7, it says, so let each one of you give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly 
Oh, I have to give. Oh, no, no, no. God doesn't need, remember, he doesn't need us. There's actually a blessing for us when we partner with him. For God loves a what? A cheerful giver. You give out of, out of a, a revelation of what you've been given. And that's the truth. Okay. So it's about the heart. And I believe that when we talk about this word, that when we talk about tithing, it's, it's really about, it's a testing of our hearts. It's a testing of our hearts. Now, the word tithe, it actually means, okay, in Hebrew, it, it's masra. And this word means a tenth. That's where we get it. The tithe, a tenth. Okay, now here's why I believe he chose the ten, the ten percent. That's where we get the word from. Here's why. Because, not only because, I mean, we, you hear people say it's, it's the same for everybody. Thirty or thirty thousand. It's a penny on every dollar. Well, no matter who you are. But here's, here's why I really believe. This word right here, so many times, the number 10 in the Bible, it represents testing. Let me prove it to you, okay? For instance, okay, let's take a little test. I'm going to ask you a question, a little survey, and you guys will respond and you to hear it, okay? So, first question. How many plagues were there in Egypt? Ten. Ten. Good. Correct. Good job, guys. Okay. Second question. How many commandments are there? All right. Now I'm going to ask you another question. This is found in Numbers 14, and maybe you don't know the answer to this question, and so you're already kind of feeling like, I'm, not, I'm going to be kind of quiet, but there's a pattern here, okay? So say it a little louder. How many times did God... Test Israel in the wilderness. Again, yep. You may not know this next one, but pattern. Okay. How many times were Jacob's wages changed? Ten. How many days was Daniel tested? How many virgins were tested in Matthew 28, uh, 25? How many days of testing are mentioned in Revelation? How many disciples are there? Good. I tested you guys. Okay, I got that from someone else. I did not take that. I didn't even know half those uh, things until I had to look at it. <laughs> but 10, okay, this is what got there. So the 10 is a number for testing. And here's what I believe. I believe when, when, we, when we tithe, it's a testing of the heart more than anything. And I believe that this is what God is saying in Scripture. This is what he says. In, in Malachi, we read this. It's not just a one-way test. This is the only time in Scripture where God says, test me. Isn't that crazy? He says, test me. It's a two-way test. He says, you can test me. This word test comes from the way you, act, you test metal, the way you to see the way you test gold to see if it's pure. Here's what I believe he's saying. Test me to see if I'm pure. Put what you have back into my hands to see if I'm pure. This is amazing. Are we going to believe that 90% giving, giving some to God will go further than 
completely ours. This is the way of the kingdom. That doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. This is God. He says, test me to see. So it's a test. And now I want to go, if you, if you have your Bible, and I'm, I'm going to just put up a bunch of scriptures. Because here's what many people too, the this, this second, like the reservation is, okay, is this biblical? What's the Bible have to say about this? Because like, remember, like I said, this goes on at every, every church probably that's gathered today. There's a moment where people are saying tithes and offerings. We're going to pray for our tithes and offerings. How many times, I, I think there's so many Christians who sit in and come to church who don't really know biblically what the word of God says about this and the blessing of it. And I think as believers, because we're doing it every week, we should all understand what the Bible says about this. Amen? So we're going to look into it, okay? It's all throughout the Bible. You need to know that tithing is biblical. Okay, but listen to me real quick. If you don't tithe, you're not a bad person. Amen? If you don't tithe, you're not a rebellious person. No. We grow. This is another, like I said, this is a conversation. So many times, there are so many things that God has called us to. And he's saying, I have blessing for you if you can live like this. This is another one of those areas. And I pray, you know what? If you have a testimony of how God has blessed you, come talk to me or Pastor Kenzie. And we want to hear it so we can share with the church. Because this is not something that the church we have to preach on because the church is dying or going to go under. No. This is for you. This is for you. Trust me, God doesn't need our money. He wants something from us. So that's first and foremost. Don't feel, if, you, if anyone's feeling condemnation right now, don't. I pray against that right now. Because that's not the spirit of God. He just, he wants this for you. So first and foremost, receive that. Okay, but this is biblical. And let's look at it. Okay, and all these scriptures, you can write them down. You can go back and look at it. Starting in Genesis 14, verse 18 through 20. It says, then Melchizedek, king of Salem. So Salem means peace. Brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high. And he blessed him. Okay, now that's talking about Abram. And he said, blessed be Abram, Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Now watch this. And he, that's Abram, he's talking about Abram, gave him, that's Melchizedek, a tithe of all. Okay, you need to know this. If you don't know this, theologically, okay, this is about 500 years before the law. When I say before the law, before Moses got the tablets, the law. 500 years before that. And Galatians says Abraham is our spiritual father. And Melchizedek, if you don't know, Hebrews talks, Hebrews says he is a type of Christ. Some believe that it is even Jesus himself because it says he has no, there's no beginning or end of days for him. There's no genealogy. Where did this person come from? Melchizedek which is very interesting. You can go look that if you're like, oh, I didn't know that. Super interesting and awesome. <laughs> but that's what Hebrew says. No mother, no father, no beginning of days, no end of days. 
And this is our spiritual father, Abraham, 500 years before, gives a tithe. And here's why, because it is, this is a principle. This is a principle for believers. Here's another passage in which the principle of tithe is evident. Genesis 28, verse 22. Now this is talking about Jacob, okay? This is, when, this is Jacob's famous encounter with God in a dream. He's sleeping as a rock, he's using a rock as a pillow, and he wakes up and his heart and his life is changed. And this is what he says. He goes, he wakes up and he says, and this stone which I've set up as a pillar shall be God's house. Again, an implication, the tithe goes into the house of God. And all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. This is about 400 years before the law. Okay, this is what you have to see. Jacob's vow to give to the Lord, it came from a grateful heart. Not a legalistic mindset. So it's a heart issue. We always come back to the heart. Okay, we see another insight in the power of tithing in Leviticus 27. Leviticus 27, verse 30. It says, and all the tithe of the land, all of it, whether of seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. In other words, it belongs to God. And then it says, it is holy to the Lord. Remember, the word holy means set apart. Okay, so God has set apart this for himself. It's not, it's not up to me to determine what to do with it. It's already set apart. Deuteronomy 26, verses 1 and 2. It says, And it shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance, and you possess it and dwell in it, that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground, which you shall bring from the land that your, the Lord your God is giving you, and put it in a basket. Now watch this. And go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. Again, referring to the church, where you go to church, where his name abides. Okay, then go a little further in the chapter. In verse 13, then you shall say before the Lord your God, I remove the holy tithe. And in other words, the set apart tenth, the holy tithe from my house, and I have given it to them. The Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. According to all your commandments, which you have commanded me, I have not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten any of it when in mourning. Did you just catch that? I did not eat any of it while in mourning, meaning while I go through a difficult time, I still give you what's yours. It's incredible. Nor have I removed any of it for unclean use. Think about how sometimes our money is used for sinful things or unclean things. It's amazing how the Bible says this. <laughs> Nor given any of it for the dead. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God, and I have done according to all that you have commanded me. Look down from your holy habitation from heaven and bless your people. Hmm. A lamb flowing with milk and honey and bless your people. Notice the key phrase. I have removed the holy set apart tithe from your house and given it 
and brought it to your house. When you understand that the tithe is holy, you don't want it in your house. It's his. This is his. I don't, I don't, I don't want it. It's holy. It's set apart. And then he says, after you do this, pray down to heaven and say, God bless me. God provide for me. You're my provider. Tithing is biblical. And then some of you may be thinking, well, where does, where does Jesus say this? I mean, this is all Old Testament. Well, if Jesus himself said it, would you believe it? Like red letters? All right. Well, turn to me, Matthew 23, 23. <laughs> This is Jesus speaking. He says, this is harsh. If you listen to this while you're reading in the Bible, the way they kind of like add the emphasis, you're like, whoa, whoever was, <laughs> it was intense. It says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint, anise, and cumin. Those are spices, okay, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law. Justice, mercy, and faith. Watch very carefully here. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. What is he saying? You guys keep doing what you're doing, but why have you neglected this? You guys are, you guys are, you guys are mean. Justice, mercy, and faith. So you see how when Jesus comes into the picture, he raises the standard. We're talking about a principle of tithe. Go read the whole New Testament. You won't see as many him being direct on the tithe, but this is what he says. Give all you have away. So I think we've gone off a little bit like this is a principle, and it does. When you align your heart with God, there's something beautiful that happens. But don't get it confused Jesus didn't talk about this because he raised the standard, yeah. right? When he's talking to all those parables and the, when he's coming down, he's preaching to the crowds. He says, you, you think, do not commit adultery. I say, if you look at a woman lustfully, you've already committed adultery. Yeah. Okay, God, how are we going to live with you now? Because you've raised the standard on everything. But the principle of the tithe, there is a blessing when we understand this is biblical. And those were Jesus's words. Again, Hebrews talks again, Melchizedek being a form of Christ, okay? If you read it, Hebrews 7, I'm going to read verse 8, Hebrews 7, 8, and this is referring to Jesus being our our Melchizedek. It says, in the one case, the tenth is collected by people who die. What is he saying? Mere mortal men receive the tithe. But in the other case, by him who is declared to be living. And I think that he says he receives the one who is declared to be living. In the other case, what is he saying? When we give, we might be giving to mere mortal men, but Jesus himself receives what we give to him. He himself. We don't give to people. We give back to the Lord. What a privilege, what a privilege that we get to give God. Some of us might, you may be thinking, I wish I could just give God something like, man, just to thank him, especially when we get, first get saved. Man, look what he rescued me from. What can I give him? 
And he actually receives when we, when we make a sacrificial offering and we decide to partner with him and give to him. But there's a, I just feel like we have to break down the walls about this whole subject. Just how we did months ago about the, who the Holy Spirit is. This is it's, tithing is not this dry religious act. It's not, and it's not a punishment. It's an amazing opportunity for us to partner with God, and it brings tremendous benefits. It does for us as believers and for the body of Christ when we step out in faith. Okay? So the, tr- the truth of it is there is blessing. Because how many of you have heard someone stand up and say, give so you'll be blessed? Give so you be blessed. And they're not wrong, but we don't do it so we can be blessed. Okay? There, there, there is blessing, though, when you do partner and you give to the Lord. And you'll, you, can, you can ask anyone who's, who's faithfully trusted God. There is blessing. So let me give you a, an example of this. We see this in action in 2 Chronicles. Okay, Hezekiah one day is reading the scriptures and he sees these verses about tithing. And the people, the people he's, he's ruling over as king, they're in an economic recession. And he realizes we're under a curse. Something's going on. So the whole nation, he goes, we're under a curse because no one is giving to the house of God. No one's tithing. We're stealing from God. And this is where we pick up on the story, okay? Second Chronicles 3, or 31, verse 4. Moreover, he commanded the people who dwell in Jerusalem to contribute support for the priests and the Levites that they might devote themselves to the law of the Lord. Verse 5. As soon as the commandment was circulated, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits of grain and wine, oil and honey, and all the produce of the field. And they brought it in abundantly the tithe of everything. And the children of Israel and Judah who dwelt in the cities of Judah brought the tithe of oxen and sheep, also the tithe of holy things, which were consecrated to the Lord their God. They laid in heaps. In the third month, they began laying them in heaps, and they finished in the seventh month. Okay, now these months, they relate to the harvest. Third month, seventh month. They're working. The people are beginning to give. And when Hezekiah and the leaders came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. Then Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites concerning the heaps. And Azariah, the chief priest from the house of Zadok, answered him and said, Since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat and have plenty left, for the Lord has blessed his people, and what is left is this great abundance. Here's what happened. The king says, we're cursed. We need to give to the house of the Lord. No one's giving. Then they begin to give. Then he comes back and he says, what's all this, these heaps? What's going on here? And they say, what do you mean? We, since we've been giving, God has just been blessing everybody. And that's what he's questioning. <laughs> and that's what he's saying. Is everyone okay, though? There's, there's a lot here. And they got, the, the, the priests and Levites are saying, no, no, no. King, everybody has more than enough. They actually have plenty. 
Ever since we started giving, there's been plenty. And this passage, it illustrates two parallel results of when you give. Here it is. When you give, it not only blesses God's people, but it also brings provision for you. So remember what God said in Malachi 3.10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there might be food in my house. Now, think about it for us today. We don't actually bring, what we bring, we're not eating um, physical food, right? There's, there's a spiritual food that we feed on. There is a spiritual food that the world desires, that when we bring all into the storehouse, we then can have plenty of spiritual food for people to feed on. So, could you guys imagine what would happen if the church got a hold of this? Really. It's all about the heart, though. Giving is about the heart. How we could change culture. How we could go into places where people haven't been to spread the gospel. How we can be able to support missionaries. How we can be able to support more leaders who feel like they're called to, by God to do something. This happens when we, when we have a heart change and begin to partner with the kingdom. And this is what, I'm going to share this because God reminded me of this miracle. And I've never thought about it in this way. Who knows the miracle of when Jesus turned water into wine? We, the, they're at a wedding. The people run out of, they run out of wine. Jesus' mom says, Jesus, do something. We're not going to go all into that. He tells her, it's not my time. But he ended up doing something because you always got to obey your mama. <laughs> so he, he tells, he tells the, 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 the servants, he says, hey, fill up these water stones with water. And if you know anything, these water stones were about 25 to 30 gallons big. So they fill them up to the brim. After they fill them up, and here's what I want you to catch. They're like, are you crazy? Like, I don't know how water, how easily they got water, but I can just imagine them too. Like, this is a lot of water. I don't see any wine. Like, this is still water. And as they, but they were obedient. He says, fill them up. They filled them up. Then he says, draw some, draw a little out and take it to the, basically the wedding planner, <laughs> the event coordinator, the, the one who was in charge of the, the banquet, the wedding. And when he tasted it, it, he began to say, this is the best stuff. You guys have reserved the best till now. And here's what the Lord was showing me. He's like, so many people don't realize that if they would just give what they have and put it in my hands, I can bless it. And I only need a little bit. I only need a little bit. But once, it's, once you're obedient and you, you take it, and as soon as the person drank it and tasted it, it was something beautiful. And you may be thinking, I don't have anything. I don't have much. But God's saying, just be obedient to what I'm telling you. 
Just begin to, to begin to grow in this, in generosity, in giving. And the little you have, I can turn it into something beautiful. And so let's, let's stand. Let me, I just want to remind you, what, as the Holy Spirit just speaks to you, this is something for the church. And, um, and this week, here's what I pray. You would really take time to think about and honestly reflect on these three areas of your life. Okay? So listen to me now. I know we were talking about specifically just the tithe. And for some of you, all you were thinking maybe the whole time is money. Here's what I want you to f- switch your focus. Because for a lot of you, some, sometimes giving of your, of your actual physical resources, that's not a challenge. Maybe the Lord is asking you to tithe not only your treasure, but your time or your talents. And here's what I want you to think about. The first one, whether if it pertains to your treasure, the things you have, your physical resources, your money, am I tithing? If not, what's the reason? Lord, show me. Is, 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 are, you, are, you, are you speaking to me in this area? How can I overcome these things that are in my heart that keep me from giving to you? Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to begin to grow in this area. But the second thing is, what would a tithe of your, your time awake of your day, what would that be like? A tithe of your time from your time awake, what would that look like? Do you currently spend any time with the Lord? Do you currently spend any time of your time awake helping others, investing in other people, speaking life into someone? If not, what are some practical ways you could give a tithe of your time awake to the Lord? Because He can do more with your 90% than you think you can with your 100%. And some people are asking God, Lord, I don't have enough time in my day. And he's saying, well, you haven't been giving me the first part of your day, so how can I redeem the rest and make it beautiful? Ask the Lord, how can I give you a tithe of my time? And the third thing is, how, what would it look like to tithe my talent? These actual gifts and abilities you've given me. Do you think... I'm asking you guys, do you think it would be possible to give a percentage of your talents to building the kingdom of God? Professionally, some people in here, I mean, trade skills, there's so much that you have to offer. And God is saying, what would that look like to tithe your talents to me and invest in God's kingdom? So I'm gonna pray for us because whether um, you believe it or not, I believe that in each of these three areas of our life, God is calling us to something greater. And don't feel condemned if you're not doing one of them or all of them. Hear the heart of God when he speaks to us and he says, hey, I want blessing for you. I want to bless you. Begin to trust him. Begin to trust him. So as we pray, you guys Pray with me and I'm going to pray over us for God to begin to shed light in these areas of our lives. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift.
given us, Lord, all that we need. You are the perfect example of generosity and love. And so please continue to teach us how we can grow in this. Teach us, Lord. Make us into cheerful givers. Change our hearts, God. We want to give like you gave. We want to give not only of our treasure, but of our time and our talents. So be with us, Lord. We bless your name and thank you, God, for sending your son so that we can have life and life abundantly. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.